Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I'm hoping that on this field trip that we don't pull what my middle school, unnamed middle school, pulled in 8th grade when we visit or 7th and 8th grade trip when we visited Hershey Park. Do you remember that phone call? Uh, you were left off the bus. I was not left off Who the bus because I'm a responsible middle schooler. Somebody was left Others off. were left off the bus, and yeah. the bus left without. Let's go, What's the head bussy? count? That's close yeah. enough. Let's Buddy go. Let's roll, bussy. <laughs> This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. And we have this haiku from Shad, chaperone's refrain, if we start with 20 children, come home with 20. (laughs) How was the trip as a room parent? A beautiful day. We went out to uh, Cox Farm in Centerville, Virginia, so past the airport, made it home with every single kid. I got to chaperone. Bootsy's group never saw my kid's eyes light up so much as seeing his dad come into the classroom. It's so teachers just remember this when you open a classroom to parents, it just means the world to us. We thank you for everything you do. And the most stressful six hours of my uh, return to the classroom, making sure that all the kids were with us. And I'm, I was wondering if I if it would have been less stressful if I didn't have the teaching coaching background, because you're always doing the mental math. So before we go, I get all seven of my kids together. I'm doing name games, trying you know trying to remember everyone's name because names are important. I take a photo of them just in case something happens. You want to make sure you have accurate color coding for shirts, outfits. But yeah, stressful six hours. They showed Tom and Jerry on the bus. Joke still land. <laughs> um, so what did, did you pick fruit? What was it? So this is more yeah. of just like a of a of a fall fest, if you will. Right. Uh, no, there's there's little rides, games, a couple oh. of slides, so you can definitely do some pumpkins. But it's more just getting the kids outside and uh, so you don't milk them to run cows. It's not uh, some working. of the kids did milk cows. I got some great photos. I won't share their names because I'm not sure right. you're really allowed to share names or photos. But it was fun to see. Okay, that's good. And, and then lunch, pony rides, lunch, disgusting. What was the why? no just be, with your brown bag, right? Brown bag lunch has just been roasting in your backpack <laughs> for hours on a hayride. Right. This mayonnaise. Yeah. Was it a hayride? You, you were on a hayride? I, I was on the hayride. Did you enjoy it? You know what? Uh, were you in a wagon? I was in, I was in the back of a wagon. I thought that With like the, wooden uh, wheel wagon? I thought that the farmer's jokes were not, were not necessarily for me, but it was right. fun. Right. Uh, I had some was issues getting up. Was the great zucchini up. there? I would have loved the great yeah, zucchini. Yeah, wouldn't he have been there? great? Come on. Uh, you know what? Once you sit down on a hayride over a certain age, it's really hard to get back it's up. It's bumpy. And then when you, have, when you have a six-year-old who looks like an eight-year-old who decides to sit in your lap, mm. uh, you're, there, you're there for the duration of the ride. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how's the hammer? Uh, the hammer, thank you for asking. So uh, our, our middle child, uh, the hammer, four years old, we've noticed uh, for a couple years now that he's, he's just been congested a lot. He's had issues, sleeping issues uh, with his snoring, and uh, there, there was some uh, enlarged adenoids. So uh, we, we visited various doctors. He had those removed yesterday. Uh, everything went well. Thank you. 
Okay, that's good to know. That's Nothing to like know. watching a four-year-old thrashing around in the middle of the night because they can't, they can't sleep. <sighs> okay. mm. So I got this lovely note from George Millet. Look how beautiful the painting oh, is. Oh, that's... But listen to this. I got this... Wow. I got this in the mail on October 2nd. Okay. It's two days ago. I got this in the mail. I opened it up, looked at the beautiful painting on the front, and wanted to see what George wrote. My wife Kathy and I are coming home to Delaware on Friday, September 29th and departing on Monday, October 2nd. We're staying at the same Bethany Beach B&B where we were married last October. I'd love to say hello. If you're in Delaware, we could meet, have some ice cream, this, that, and the other thing. Um, you know, and I got it. And they'd already left. Yeah. So I'm saying this out loud so that George understands. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't out there, but I'm, you know. I might have been had I known this, yeah. but I got it a little bit late. So, okay, let me... And all the, have I told the New York Times story here with, with the athletic and the sports? Have I said that on this air about I, how upset I am? No, I, don't, I think we've talked about it off air, but I'm I have a done. subscription, and I, and I called, and I got an actual human being. Okay. And the human being said to me, because here's what happens. They send out newsletters every you day. Subscription for the full times? No. I have a subscription to, to their newsletters, the morning and the evening and breaking news and stuff like that online. And it's, it's really good. The morning and the evening thing that they send out are really good and comprehensive. And you can get all the news of the day. And I also get their great read every day that they think is the best feature story that they have. And I read these things every single day. In the body of these newsletters, they will say... Um, for more on this, click here. And often they include a sports story. And when, and when you click on anything else, when, you know, Kevin McCarthy losing his speakership, they, you get all these stories. You get the ones that the Times thinks are particularly appropriate. But when you click on sports, you end up at The Athletic. And you have to log in. And you have to give information. And I, I said to the representative of the New York Times, where I used to work, which I did not say. I said, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want a separate thing with The Athletic. I just want to be able to click on the stories that you have designated as important enough to include in these newsletters the morning and the evening. And he assured me I could, and I can't. And I called last night, and I got a person, and, I, and she said, we just have to log in. I said, don't want to do just that. Just log in. I don't want to do that try incognito I, mode you know so i i'm very upset with the new york times because i feel that i'm paying for something that i'm not getting so you're paying for something they're then giving you a free sample and you're upset that your free sample is not a full dinner i don't i don't want to log in i don't want to give that information i don't want to do any of those things. okay but you're I not don't but you're not paying for the full new york times no but i am paying for all the referred stories in the newsletters, and I cannot get them all. I, so I think you're just paying for the newsletter, and they're giving you links to here, and they might open it up for public consumption for you know, a number of reads or number of hours, but you're not necessarily paying for access to the entire paper. I don't want access to the entire paper. I want access to those things which are highlighted in the newsletter, which I have in every other section, including cooking, and I don't have in sports, and I feel I'm being cheated. This, for what I'm paying for. I'm not asking for the full sports section. I'm not. I'm asking for the referred links that they say are important enough that you may now want to read. And I don't get that. Hmm. 
Okay. I stand corrected. Okay, that's that's my position. So they're, this, they're basically giving you a, a sampler of everything yes. that they deem important, and you're yes. just, you're paying for that overview. So you might yes, get, and I'm being okay. I'm being cut out of part of that sampler. Yes, and this all happened after the times basically closed the sports department and said we're gonna we're gonna use stuff from the athletic yes, now because in the in in pre well they've you know they had the athletic with them for over a year maybe two years and i'm not knocking it the athletic is fine yes great. i just don't, i don't want a separate thing yeah. i don't want to find out it's costing me more money right, i don't want, want to have to log you want in one login to jump you to yep. the news and just go that's straight that's all to the, i want click on the link I and it pay takes for you it there. i'm happy now when you're on the phone it. did you explain your background in newspapers no i thought that would be unfair and i was talking to Two different people who couldn't have cared less. I mean, I knew why they couldn't have cared less. Can Could I get, you explain that you have the best resume in papers? I did not say that. I, it is the best. No one's is better. Let me put it that. Mine may not be the best. No one's is better. Newsday, the New York Times, the Washington Post. No one's is better. Anybody else work with Shirley Povich and Red Smith? I don't think so. I think it's me. I think it's this guy. One other thing. Uh, the issue of Ryder Cup players being paid or not paid, the issue with Xander Schauffele, the issue with Patrick Cantlay. Let me just state this right up front. It is impossible for me to believe Patrick Cantley when he says, I didn't wear the hat all three days because the hat didn't fit. Because whoever had that contract to outfit the team would have made him 50 hats that fit him in an hour. So I believe Patrick Cantlay is You would lying. think, but at the same time, they've had issues with rain gear that didn't prevent I'm just rain saying, from... <laughs> I choose to believe that that was Patrick Cantlay's particular protest. How about this? He got married after the Ryder Cup, didn't want the hat tan. Yeah, well... Didn't want to go Stewie sink on it. You, Yeah, that's <laughs> brutal. Um, but that's, that's, how I, that's what I believe. And, and, and I did not know... I did not know that Ryder Cup players were not paid. Um, and I was sort of amazed that Ryder Cup players were not paid. And then I was told, well, they get $200,000 to give to a charity of their choice. And I said, well, what is that? They get no money for themselves. And people hector me and they say, well, they've never gotten paid. Well, my response is college athletes never got paid till it was realized that they were being cheated. And they are being cheated. Um, So my position is that Ryder Cup players should be paid uh, a, a small amount, a stipend, not something big, because I have been given to understand from the working pros, the PGA pros at Columbia Country Club, that the money, and it's hundreds of millions of dollars that filters down from the Ryder Cup, hundreds of millions, that much of that money goes to support local PGA pros, teaching pros, guys who work in the bagroom, guys who make it good so you can play golf, touring pros, the handful of them that are great, Make millions of dollars. Most people in the golf business make thousands and not that many thousands. So I want, the, I want that trickle down to still exist, but I do think there should be some payment to be on the Ryder Cup, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you think. Well, this goes back 20-plus years where you looked at 99, where Duval was mentioning you might have a player boycott, and it comes down to the, the circuitous nature of this. Where would you get paid from? Would it be directly from PGA of America? And then you look at the TV contract where they're actually paying the PGA Tour a certain like 20% yeah, of yeah. this TV money so that the players can get a release. I think what 
uh, with Shoffley and some of these guys would want to see. And, and by Shoffley, I'm putting his dad in there because he seems to be well, the he's only a business one, manager uh, who's who's stepping up to say something. They want to see transparency to see where this money is going. So if you're able to show us so Phil the receipts position. to see like, oh, this is actually going to fund PGA of America initiatives around the country and around the world, you go fantastic. Because you look at the players, you'd have a terrible lawyer and business team if you're not making money off the Ryder Cup because every time that you're you know your uh, contract with you know, X regional bank comes up when you get to say, you know, member of 2023 Ryder Cup or President's Cup or any team competition. It's probably going to kick you some more money. It's going to kick up the uh, the number the same way that, you know, with uh, with equipment contracts, every top 10. I don't every every yeah. position up the leaderboard would get you a little bit of money. From, I don't uh, think it's unreasonable at all for players to say, just show us where it goes. Show us where it goes. Then you come back to and go, what what's the actual value of this? So if you look at the I, I just pulled this up. If you look at the big match play tournament, if you make the top 16, they give you about, you know, 360K. Would that make a big difference to Patrick Cantley or Xander no. Shoffley? No. No, but uh, they might like to see exactly where that money is going. Or, just, or you just go all in and say, if your team wins, we're going to give the winning team $20 million because this is bigger than the FedEx Cup playoffs. I don't think it has to be anything like that, honestly. I think it's, it's honorific that they want to play for the Ryder Cup, but my position would be in this... If you even threw him a hundred grand, you know what that is for twelve players? That's one point two million dollars. It's nothing. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars on the worldwide television deals. Mm-hmm. And just give them something. Yeah, and then I, get, I got yelled at. If we've learned anything, that, that if they don't. If they don't want to play for free, let them not play. If we've learned anything, there's a lot of money that is behind closed doors, and I think the players and the rest of us would like to see where it's going. But this is nothing new. And again, everyone talks about they haven't won on foreign soil in X amount of years. Right. And you can circle one event, which was the Ryder Cup at Kiowa, the War at the Shore, which seems to have ruined everything by, made it, by making it far too con- contentious and moving it away from the exhibition it should be. So now you have parking lot fights. Oh, and, if, and Beth Page is going to be wildly drunken. Macanalia. One would think. Yeah, Beth Page is... We lost, our, assume- we lost the captain. That was the presumptive captain there, too, so... Don't you? Th- yeah, sure don't the, you? Th- uh, Tiger will be the captain, don't you? Think? Has to be. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. That Tiger uh, interesting, will be. Uh, interesting trickle down story from the Ryder Cup, though. You have a, a former Ryder Cupper for the European team, Graham McDowell, who was uh, saying what I was mentioning to you the other day, which is in many ways the home team advantage has shifted far too much to the core setup, and it'd be interesting to see if you had a neutral body that was able to direct some of that, so you could have true competition in rather than um, what sort of seems like it's done before the ball even goes on the peg. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matt Kelleher, one of his positions was, well, why not play it in, 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 not in Europe and not in the United States? Why not play it somewhere else? Have a certain neutrality to the course. Like an aircraft carrier in the, in the Atlantic? I don't know. We would, we would win. Or maybe like We're tom- deeper, maybe better. tomorrow's sports with their TGL. We what is have, that? Oh, it's uh, Rory and Tiger's oh, uh, oh, prime yeah. time event. Right. Oh. Have yeah, Joe yeah. I was thinking you could MC. play it in Spooky Nook. <laughs> <laughs> with Wilbur. Let's play it in spooky. Yeah, well, let's, let's take park. a break. Um, Chuck Todd, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts 
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a woman named Aliyah Hashemi from Los Angeles who records under the name Hashemi. This is a song called Swimming at Night, and this is her note, because her note is great. Mr. Tony, I have no idea what this means. My boss, Leo Parker from South Pasadena, California, is a little, again, no idea here. And mentioned that you support emerging artists and suggest that I submit some of my songs under the name Hashemi. Here are Swimming at Night and Want to Get Out of Here. She's great. She is phenomenal. She's great. Yeah. So thanks to her boss, Leo Parker. Appreciate it. Um, she plays in Chuck Todd, and we're going to get to the football picks. Chuck Todd is killing it. He went 5-2 and two last week. He won the Monday night game. He's 19-9. and nine. He's ahead of humans and simians mm-hmm. by a wide margin, a wide margin. And we'll get to that, but let me just say to him first, I'm lost without the Nats. I am. I'm lost. Even though they were terrible, I watched all the time, and now I don't know what to do with my time. Well, especially Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You know, yeah. fo- you know football on Mondays and Thursdays, but it's, you know, I, you know, I feel sorry for Carol. I mean, it's going to be tough. Right? Uh, she doesn't, you know? yeah, she's already said get out. <laughs> she's already said There no. were four playoff games last night. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Couldn't find any to watch? No, no, I did, but what I'm saying is I missed the net. I'm lost yeah. without the no, Nats because I, I know we're going down the road. Well, you got to watch Michael A. Taylor. With you got no to see Josh Bell. It's oh, the obviously the Phillies. It's the soundtrack. To, it's the soundtrack to, I don't know, but it is my, it's sort of, it's my equivalent of spa music. Yeah, you know, some people need spa music to calm them down for six months a year. I got baseball season every night. That's the way. Yeah, check in when you want. It's just That's lovely. Right. All right, and it's always there. Yeah, five and two, nineteen and nine overall. Much better start than last year. Yeah, you're, you're off to what we consider a Carville start. <laughs> oh, you know? okay. That's right. really well, good. I'll take it. The irony is that my real life bets are. Just getting killed. Oh, well. I may need to get a second job. Yeah, well, but, you know, I don't bet with myself. That's the problem. Yeah, here Tell we go. The, ready for the anxiety? Let's go. The Thursday night game, <laughs> which no one in America really wants to see, except in the two cities involved, oh. and even then, and even then, I'm not only sure. one city wants to see it, right? Yeah. Only Washington. Only Washington. Yeah, uh, you won with Washington last week. They covered easily. In fact, even if it had gone to overtime, they would have covered. So you were golden when it did. You know, when it did go to overtime, you were covered. Uh, Chicago is getting five and a half at Washington. That's down from six, which means that probably there was some action on Chicago. People might think that Washington, and they've been competitive in three of the four games. Certainly, uh, maybe they think that they're fool's gold, and Chicago is somehow great. But boy, oh boy. You know, you, Wilbon can talk all he wants about Justin Fields. Justin Fields has lost his last 14 games as a starter. He's lost. They, they, they don't actually win. Chicago plus five and a half at Washington Thursday night. What do you got? By the way, when is this on the when, – when are we – when is the owners going to be held accountable for this debacle in Chicago? Well, they're the – I mean, but they're I mean, the, the Hallis family, family. I understand it. I understand it. You know, I, I'll never forget 
I'll never forget when when my dad got all excited. It was 1981 or 82, and the Packers finally fired Bart Starr as general manager. Right. But they kept him as coach. And he just sat there and he said, oh, my God, the ghosts of Lombardi. We've got to we're never, if we're going to get to that, and it was another 10 years of it, where we kept hiring ex-Lombardi players for us, Greg, all this stuff, right? Never happened. Then they finally broke that, stopped hiring Lombardi people, and they started winning. This is not that it's, different from Georgetown I, basketball. Yeah, there you, yes. And, and I feel like the Hallis family, in their own weird way, whatever it is, you know, maybe they're too loyal. They're, they're everything the Roonies are, except not winners. And okay. I don't get it. Okay. That's all. Anyway, um... The, the only reason there's money coming in in Chicago because you don't trust Washington to cover that's right. that big. That's right. But I have no chance you bet on Chicago after the way they lost that game. This feels like I, they could be a team that's done, right? That, they're, that, they've, that the coach might lose the team. I don't yes. know that. I don't yes. want to put money on them. I'm, af- I'm afraid that's a team that might be done. How do you not take three points in a 28-28 game with 257 ago? What are you nuts? What are you nuts? I mean, I'm watching that, and I immediately call Will Bonnie and do I don't want to talk. <laughs> well, maybe he's, maybe he's the next Speaker of the House. Eberflus might be better at that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jacksonville stays in London. Second game in a row. Plus five and a half at Buffalo. Boy, does this feel like a trap to me. Boy, does this feel like a Jacksonville bet to me. But just to me, what about you? And Buffalo is great. The last three games, they've outscored opponents by over 90 points. Yeah, no, it's – and Jacksonville stays in London. Yeah. Buffalo has to travel, so they automatically – they now are on the short week, but essentially they lost a day of travel, right? Yeah. Um, More so than than most. I don't know if I. The problem I have is I don't trust Jacksonville. Okay. The minute the minute you you think they're finally turning a corner, they lay an egg like they did two weeks ago against Houston. But you're right. I mean, I, I it, it. This is a. I don't. I don't want to be. I'd rather have Jacksonville. It's sort of Jacksonville or nothing here, um, because of the uh, because of of all the other intangibles. I, I agree with that. That doesn't mean Buffalo won't win. But I would look at Jacksonville. Yeah, Houston. they won by a field goal wouldn't surprise anybody, right? Late field goal, right. they just figure out how to get out. Yeah. yeah that, that, that smells like that. Houston, one of the major surprises. Houston and Tampa Bay are the major surprises, I think, in the NFL. Houston is at Atlanta. Atlanta lost <coughs> last week. Atlanta has quarterback issues. You know, Atlanta's not a particularly good team. And Houston looks like they are a rising team. Their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is having by far the best year of the rookie quarterbacks. I don't know if you believe in him yet, and I don't know if you believe in him on the road, but Houston gets to. They keep getting points, right? All they do is keep winning, and they keep getting points. Until they're a favorite, I'm riding them. They're on one of those, you're like, okay, you don't believe them, big, fine. This is one of those that I'm, they feel like the hot streak. They feel like, hey, red keeps coming up on the roulette wheel. Yeah. I'm not. It's sort of like they're on a heater. By the way, the two best new coaches, right? Uh, Houston and Arizona. Yeah. Two teams we thought nothing of, and those teams fight. They're every competitive. Week They're every competitive. week, you got to give credit to these new coaches. All right. I think. Uh, Tennessee is now Pickham at Indianapolis. Indianapolis is surprising. I mean, Indianapolis is better than I thought, and I'm sort of wondering: is it just as simple as getting rid of the former Maryland quarterback who was their coach? Is it just? Is it honestly? That's simple. Tennessee is a team that I will 
I, it's not that I believe in them, but I sort of think that all things being equal, Tennessee should win more games. I still think they're pretty good. It's a pick game. Who you got? I think it's a pick game for a reason because you, you're, you're still, you still have to bet on Ryan Tannehill if you take Tennessee. Yes. Right, and he does feel shaky back there. Yes. Like, they'll have good moments, and then there's shakiness on him. Um, I, this is one that I, I – I, I hate betting against Tennessee, uh, except the one time that I uh, bet with them this year. I think they they, lost. they got killed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but give me give me Tennessee. Okay, I would think I would do the same thing. I don't really believe in Indianapolis yet. Philadelphia is at the Rams. Philadelphia is a road favorite, minus four and a half. They had a nothing game. In, against Washington, you know, at home. That was looks at just a nothing game. The Rams aren't as good as they should be. They aren't as nearly as good as they were. But every once in a while, you know, Matthew Stafford finds somebody and they can score. They can score quickly. Philadelphia minus four and a half all the way across the country. Yeah, and we know Eagles fans will show up uh, yes. in big numbers out there yes. uh, as well. Uh, the Rams are more competitive, I think, than I thought they'd be. Um, but it, it almost feels like a matter of time before they, before injuries like somehow just sink just mm-hmm. them again. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, I I don't, it, it, I feel you know all the Eagles do is keep winning, and they're like, oh, there's something wrong with the Eagles. Well, I'd like to have something wrong with my team. It's four yeah, before and oh, there's know? only two yeah, four and like teams. I'd like to be a bad four and but apparently we've decided they're they're a, they're a shaky four and team. I'll stick with the shaky four and team. The New York Jets, who stink, are getting two at Denver, who stink. <laughs> um, Denver won the game because they made a really good comeback, and the Chicago coach did that inexplicable thing. This is not as irresistible as Chicago and Denver, but it's, you know, you might want to watch this game. Jets getting two. This is the battle of the Wilsons at quarterback. Well, Zach and Russell. Also, Hackett and Peyton. We are right. Hackett and Peyton. Are they going <laughs> yeah, to shake hands? Hackett. It's actually the Hackett thing yeah. that wants me to be with the Jets. I mean, doesn't that yeah. fire up a team? Doesn't that give you something? Sean Payton has, has been, is you know, is is sort of been. He's he's better be careful here. He's going to turn into the Matt Gates of NFL coaches, um, just with Matt people Gates. like to, to pound really? him yeah. um, uh, on that. But uh, I am, uh, I, I I love the Jets in this spot. If you think about it, there's a four. Yes, they're two bad teams, but there's one that has a playoff defense, and that's the Jets, and defense always travels, right? You're picking five road teams in a row. I'll just say this about what uh, Nigel said about, you know, the, the Nathaniel Hackett thing and what you're saying, you fire up a team, unless the people on the Jets think he stinks too. <laughs> <laughs> unless they think Sean Payton's right. Well, all right. <laughs> there's something to think about. All right, great game. Uh, I guess this is the Sunday night game. Dallas – Plus four at San Francisco. San Francisco is the other undefeated team. Dallas is three and one. Um, Dallas will be primed for this because it's this is a big t- this is a big time game. Big time game. Who you got? I I this is even game. So give me the better coach. Give me the Niners. This I, I just I, I don't I don't trust McCarthy in the spot. Okay, McCarthy's I mean, McCarthy. won a Super Bowl and Shanahan hasn't. I hear you there. And McCarthy, I believe, if you look at every time he played San Francisco as a Packers coach, how well that went off, that, how well that went. Um, 
I, I just when the game's on the line, who do I who do I trust to have a game plan ready to go? Yeah, I, I just and that's that feels like the difference here. I don't think anybody's going to be undefeated ever again. I don't think we're going to see a seventeen. Well, not in a seventeen no, game. No, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. More of attrition. So I mean, San Francisco's going to lose, but I agree with you. I just don't think they're going to lose this one <clears throat> on Sunday night. You I think they'll lose, lose the next to, one. They're going to lose such a division. To a bad they'll team. lose to a Seattle. Yeah. They'll lose to an Arizona. One of those weeks that you don't expect it. Yeah, right? I agree. The way the Eagles lost to the Commanders last year. That's what they'll lose. They're not going to. I feel like Dallas, they care. That's a game you circle. Yes, this is something you. Yeah, the better team wins this game. Thank you, Chuck. All right, brother. Chuck Talk Todd, to boys and girls. If we gave you Chuck Todd alone, it'd be more than enough, but we're better than that. We care about you more than that. We give you a monkey. See the monkeys he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice, spy too. Sometimes he throws his poo, 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 poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So is he at the zoo or is he in Congress? I mean, where is it? <laughs> um... Well, first of all, it's not been a good year so far for the monkey. And he understands No, he's that. one and two. He's three and nine. He stinks. Yeah, he's not been good. So he was trying to change the mood mm. at his flat at the zoo, yeah. and he was hosting a movie night, double feature, first King Kong, of, of course, course, and then Every Which Way But Loose. Of course. Big fan of the orangutans. Yeah, and pride yeah, in that. yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So lots of very special people there. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey were both there. <laughs> yep. Uh, T- Taylor Swift. <laughs> It's getting ratings for the NFL. They get the best ratings in the world. They're better now. It's amazing. Yes. Matt Damon also there. Linda Carter and Frankie Valli all joining in the fun. So a really festive time at the zoo. But he took a break from the movie to uh, go over some of these matches. First one we gave him was the Thursday night match uh, with the Washington football team uh, hosting Chicago, giving five and a half. Five and a half. And he showed me a nice picture of him eating at Duke Zebert's with George Stark, Arthur Monk, and Joe Bugle. Love George Stark. I admire George Stark. The head hog, right? Yeah, I mean, Columbia grad. Oh, really? Smart guy. George Stark, smart guy. Good guy. So he will take Washington in that match. Uh, The next one we gave him was Indy at home in a pick'em match versus Tennessee. Uh, And he showed me, uh, it was very grainy film of him scuba diving in the inner harbor with Johnny Unitas, Lenny Moore, and Artie Donovan. Now, that's very Baltimore. But those but, are Colts, yeah. so that tells me he's going to take Indy in that match. Okay. And the last one we gave him was that great Sunday night one uh, with Dallas at San Francisco. And this is a nice photograph of him in the newspaper uh, at a rodeo with Tom Landry, Mel Renfro, and Jay Novacek. So, so he's going Dallas. He's going to go Dallas in that one. He's going Dallas. Wow. Okie dokie. And he told me if he's asked to be the Speaker of the House, he will decline. <laughs> Why? Well, Why? he's got to focus on the gambling. I understand, but <laughs> golly, golly, that is such a mess, such a hot mess. Uh, we'll take a break, and we will have Richard Justice when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Hashemi. This is a song called Want to Get Out of Here. She has no idea that we're playing this music and no idea who we are. <laughs> she really it's doesn't. It's awfully good Which makes music. it even better. Yeah. 
Michael, if people want to send their original music in like Hashemi has done, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And she plays in Richard Justice. And if you're a baseball fan, certainly the first round of the baseball playoffs, these expanded playoffs, are fabulous. All the games are on all night long. We're bumped to ESPN2, justifiably, because these this is live sports and it's playoff sports. Um, I'm going to get to the most astonishing thing of all in a bit, but you watched them all. What, what did we learn? What did we learn from last night, if anything? Well, we learned that the Arizona Diamondbacks are, are, are a handful. You know, they uh, yeah. didn't do themselves any favors. They had to use their two best pitchers, Gallon and Kelly, uh, over the weekend against the Astros. So, you know, now they have them to go games two and three. They, stole, they, steal, they steal bases. They survived a bullpen game. You know, Milwaukee's hurt by not having Brandon Woodruff, but but they were good to go in in, in game one with their number their number one guy. Who, who Will Bond said on the show yesterday, he's the guy, that's why they're going to win, Corbin Burns. How many did he give up? He gave up a bunch. <laughs> yeah, the Diamondbacks hit three home runs. They're, they normally, they stole two bases. Now they have their big boys. Gallon and Kelly lined up to pitch games two and three. That's one thing we learned. The other thing we learned is, Tony, the Philadelphia Phillies are a handful. Yeah. Zach Wheeler, I don't know if you saw the interview with Skip Schumacher, the Marlins manager during the game. But, uh, at the, he was asked about Zach Wheeler, and he just kind of smiled and goes, yeah, he's, uh, he's dealing right now. You know, when a, when a guy gives you that, a guy that was a longtime player in, the, in, in, in Major League Baseball and a manager, he's telling you, right now our boys don't have a chance. And, and that's what the Phillies rode, Wheeler and Nola, who hasn't had a great year, into the World Series last year, and now Trey Turner. Trey Turner is one of the most remarkable stories in baseball. He was hitting two thirty six on August 4th, and you know how that plays in Philadelphia. That day against the Royals in, 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 at Citizens Bank Park, the Phillies fans started chanting, let's go Trey. Like, it's just the opposite of what you would expect. Yeah, they were not booing him. They were not booing him. Started a 10-game hit streak. He hit 337 the final 48 games. And, oh, by the way, I looked this up for you. Those final 48 games, 16 homers, 42 RBIs. Is there anybody you want to compare that to? Don Smith. <laughs> well, maybe Michael could go with Tony K. 42. Yeah. <laughs> Former Nat Trey Turner. Wow. Um, Someone listens. The Arizona <laughs> team, by the way, I, 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 didn't, I was unfamiliar yeah. with the work of Corbin Carroll, who is a rookie, yeah. ever. And, Richie, you'll appreciate this. It's a weird stat because of it, it includes the triples, but it's unbelievable. He's the first guy ever to combine 50 or more steals, 25 or more home runs, and 10 or more triples. And, again, the triples makes it the weird part, but... But that means that this guy either starts by trotting around third or landing on third at least 35 times. That's amazing. Yeah, he, um, he, you know, he's a first-round first draft pick uh, from, um, from, from Seattle, Washington. He's 5'10", as you can see. He's got that little uh, the mustache. He's Tim Kirchin in that. <laughs> I mean, like when you, you saw when Tim played – when Tim plays pickup basketball, he is the most annoying, <laughs> the most competitive player on the court. Tim wants, this is a side note, 
Tim, I believe, drove from our uh, our neighborhood in Columbia, Maryland, to the eastern shore of Maryland uh, to play a pickup game once. That's how, and he, because he loved it. He's how competitive he used to play with those guys at Cal Ripken's, Cal Ripken's yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's who Corbin Carroll is, and and that's part of what they have going for them. They're young. Some of this can be said of the Orioles too, obviously. But they're young. They're frisky. They don't know what they don't know. But they have two guys at the front of their rotation that can win a series. Milwaukee's in big trouble. I would if if Brandon Woodruff were healthy and they had Burns and Woodruff, um, I would tell you, given the quality of that bullpen, they had a chance to play deep into the playoffs. Can they? Could they beat the Dodgers and Braves? Pro, uh, the odds say no, but you never know. But without Woodruff now. It's, it could be fun watching Arizona play for a while. Um, I yeah, and they were in a co- very competitive division. Yes, you know they they were in a competitive division. I don't know anything about the Twins. I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about Twins. I know Michael K. Taylor, who struck out again last night, is <laughs> a starting center fielder. But he hit 21 home runs this year, and he really right. is a good. He's a really good center fielder. But I know nothing about the team. Well, the but, Twins had the best record in the American League in September. Okay. And the second best record in the American League since the All Star break. You know, so yesterday they broke an eighteen game playoff losing streak. So they have Lopez and, and yesterday, Sonny Gray today, very, very good starting pitchers. And they have this guy Duran at the end of games. He was in last night and twenty miles an hour. Royce Lewis was the first pick of the twenty seventeen draft. And when he made his debut last year, it was not the acquisition or reacquisition of Carlos Correa, all those those were those were big things, but it was the fact that Royce Lewis was symbolically a turning point for the franchise. He he's just 24 years old. His game is a lot of speed, but yesterday it was home runs. Yeah, bang two out. Those teams. What you see with Baltimore, with Atlanta, you see teams that were built the right way through the draft and through player development and all of that. <clears throat> the thing about the Twins, I I don't. There was a course in college. That I didn't take. I'm an English major. I didn't take statistics and probability. A lot of people did. Right. I don't think, I cannot even attach a number to the notion that a team would be good enough to make the playoffs, which means you are a good team, at least a good team, and lose 18 in a row in the playoffs. That's just so remarkable to me, or am I crazy on this? Well, it, it, it extends back a few years, and it, and it goes through different generations of players. Yeah. This generation of the Twins, with Derek Falvey in charge of the baseball operations and Rocco Baldelli in the dugout, it's one of the teams that, as a baseball writer, in spring training, in the regular season, you love being around them. There's a good vibe in the clubhouse. That's Rocco Baldelli. They hire good people. Derek Falvey, people don't know him. He's the president of baseball operations. He was with the Cleveland Indians for a long time. He was Tito Francona's right-hand man. Like He was the analytics guy. And Tito, and, you know, we should not use the word analytics. Just use the word information. Yeah. And when so Tito Wilbon would call him 20 <laughs> times a day and say, Derek, what about this? What about this? What about this? And they put together pretty much a model franchise with a model ballpark in the Twin Cities. It's, I'm glad they broke that streak. You were mentioning the Orioles early. I don't know that, that this is true. Did you ever cover Brooks Robinson? Did you know uh, him at all? Yes, and I, I'm glad you asked me about that. Uh, when my wife, Marty, worked for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, there were two phone calls she knew she could make if she needed somebody. Wes Unsel, Brooksy Robinson. 
and they didn't ask anything questions. Where do you want me to be? When do you want me to be there? Um, he was what you see and what what you think of him, his perception. That's exactly who he was. He um, Rick Vaughn, the great PR director, once said to him, "Hey, Brooksy, could you call this uh, sick kid in York, PA?" Um, mean a lot to him if you could give him a call you know brooksy like you don't know if he's listening or not brooksy was so happy he was like he had so many people approaching him and like a couple of days later rick says to him uh hey brooksy did you have a chance to call that kid in york and he goes nah you know i just drove up there to see him i figured it would mean something to him there are a million stories like that and let me tell you something i spent many days when they were connie and brooks were thinking of moving to the west coast around a pool in newport beach and that's who he was. He knew there were hundreds and hundreds of pets and kids named for him in Baltimore. It's the same way in Houston with Nolan and Ryan. It just didn't affect his ego in any way. He just accepted it and was so gracious about him. He also had a, an approach to the game that just the bad stuff washed over him. Like uh, there was a, one of those fan things, uh, Q&As, a couple of years ago. And the question is, you know, you always, always get this question, hey, Brooks, who's the toughest pitcher you ever, you ever faced? <laughs> and he says, well, Earl Wilson, you know, Earl pitched for, I think, the Red Sox and the Tigers. I, he goes, I don't think, I, I, never, I never hit a home run off that guy. I don't think I ever had a hit off that guy. And Palmer, who has a photographic memory, goes, yeah. uh, Brooksy, you homered to get off Earl Wilson, Earl Wilson on opening day in 1966. <laughs> yeah. And Brooksy looks, pause, looks up and goes, yeah, take that, Earl. That's just who he, he was. You know, He's the only guy. There's a statue outside of Camden Yards, and there's a statue of inside Camden Yards. And he was so appreciative that Buck Walter, when he came in, <clears throat> lined the hallways between the clubhouse and the dugout, with photographs of the Hall of Famers, because as, as Bucks would say, no team in baseball, or few teams, have the legacy and the heritage of this team, and and Brooks was such such a huge part of it. Now, I don't want to make it seem like he's a simpleton. The the Orioles lost 14 games in a row, 14, had 14 losing seasons in a row under the her, under the leadership of Peter G. Angelos, and Brooks was pretty much ostracized until I think John Angelos brought him back into the fold. He believes he was promised things and promises were never fulfilled. Mm-hmm. They'd call you tomorrow. Ne- no phone call ever come. And there were, I think he was more hurt. I, I don't know if he was more hurt or angered by it, but it affected him. And he had a critical eye about what was wrong with the ballpark. The, the other thing, Tony, is like you, you had the debate last week about Mount Rushmore. Yeah, Baltimore. who's on yours? There's videos. six, and there can't be anything less than six. Because you have Earl to put Weaver Earl. Has to be you on have to put there. Earl on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has to be on there. But listen, here's why Frank has to be on there. They had never finished higher than I think they'd finished higher than third one time before Frank got there. Frank was there six years, went to the World Series four times. He changed the entire arc yeah, of the franchise, he, he and all the old timers that were there when I got there in in '83, every one of them that had, had institutional knowledge pointed to Frank Robinson as the guy who changed the franchise. Elrod Hendricks once told me, if you made a mistake on the field, you had to face Frank in the dugout. 
between innings, and you didn't want to do that. And so everybody upped their game. He was uh, an astonishing. He was, you know, as you know, he, he was not always the kindest person. No, he was not. <laughs> he was not. But there was an expert, and and I think this this probably affected him as a didn't probably kept him from being a great manager. He could not comprehend a guy that wouldn't play a game with a broken wrist, which he did one time and bunted twice and stole two bases and all this stuff. There were all those stories about Frank. But anyway, that's part of why I love Baltimore is the heritage of that team. And Brooksy was center. We would go around the around baseball, and every um, like in the seventh inning when you're very hungry and there's no food, you could always go in the TV booth and go, hey, Brooksy, that woman, that man that brought you all those cookies, uh, are there any of those cookies left? Everywhere we go, women, men, children were lined up to give Brooksy gifts or to get his autograph or just to tell him thank you. And he treated them all. And, and Cal Jr., um, you know, modeled himself after this, like, just be appreciative every single day. This is a gift. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. I knew, I knew you'd know Brooks Robinson. <laughs> Thanks. We'll talk soon. Richard Justice, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Uh, we will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. is Kelly Vickstrom Hoyt and she is playing I assume it's a she but maybe it's a he because Kelly could be Kelly is one of those names whoever Kelly is is playing an accordion a squeeze box (laughs) an accordion is an instrument that is totally baffling to me when you see it played somebody uses their left hand on a bunch of a piano. Yeah. And then there's... Sque- I, I don't know how it works. Where does I, the sound come from? <laughs> yeah. It's it's air. It just comes from the air. It yeah. is... The accordion is the instrument where you go, whoa, what? How does that work? The other instruments, you know, you blow into a trumpet, you beat a drum, right. you pick at a piano. Uh, accordions are baffling to me. Do you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location and the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, I've been made blue. I've been lied to. When will I be loved? I've been turned down. I've been pushed around. When will I be loved? It's an Everly Brothers song, and it's a great song. Yes. But the Linda Ronstadt version (laughs) is the greatest version of all time. It's just the greatest. Yes. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple, please leave us a review. I want to thank Matthew Barricat for a beautiful note um, and the connective tissue that he had for years, he and his dad, through listening to the show. Very grateful for the note. Sorry for your loss. Yes. Um, also, this is uh, a great note from Raj. Many thanks, Tony, for alerting me to ZipRecruiter. It's the best. This is just <laughs> completely fabulous. Happy to help. Happy to help, mate. Are you Tom- hiring? Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Kirkman, Mooresville, Indiana. So the new game is chicken names? My rooster's name is Chuck Norris. Attempting to eat him would probably end with a roundhouse kick to the face. From Rob in Little Rock, Arkansas. I went to a book festival in Little Rock to see... 
David Grann, writer of Killers of the Flower Moon, soon to be Scorsese's next oh, big Robert right. De Niro release. That's right, yeah. Much to my complete surprise, Chris Saliza was the opening act promoting power players. Of course, afterwards at the book signing, I delivered a hail and hearty lachiserie, uh, <laughs> thoroughly enjoying my David Aldrich moments. Saliza book $35, book festival free, lachiserie priceless, and sends along a picture. Rob, uh, you know, it's, it's just great. It, it's wonderful. It's Isn't that picture, great? Chris. Uh, from Gordy, San Diego, California. My most recent AP style book is from 2007, so I'm a bit out of practice. Do we hyphenate Bobo? And is a Bobo worse than a rum dum? <laughs> Want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Um, they're sort of similar. Yeah. A Bobo, I, I a Bozo, think. a rum dum. Rum dum may be the worst. Maybe. <laughs> from Damon in Seattle. Who would have guessed the Ryder Cup would become West Side Story on a golf course? Who would be Rory in this production? From Michael uh, Vullahill. No, Vulvahill. Vulvahill. Game director at Ravensburger. He's contacted us before. Mm. It's Mike Mulvahill, the game designer with Ravensburger, still waiting on the official game designer with the show designation. And Chuck and Roxy have no idea who I am. Well, you got the official designation. I don't have a box of that at this time, but wanted to let you know that this week was the last 7 p.m. sunset in Seattle until March. I would have watched it, but it's been pouring rain for the last five days. That is want to do in the Pacific Northwest. Also, because I need to do a lot of reach in my job, I discovered someone who loves sunsets is called an opacarophile. Opacarophile, Latin for sunset and dusk and Greek for love. So use that whenever Pablo tries to drop that Harvard education (laughs) on From Alan Caswell in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I was just recently at the Baltimore versus Boston series, RIP Wakefield, and saw the O's clinch the AL East. The very next day, Friday, my hometown team, Orioles affiliate, the Norfolk Tides, clinched the AAA National Championship. History lesson, boys and girls. There have been six occasions where the MLB team and their AAA affiliate have won the championship in the same year. Three for the Yankees and three for the Cardinals. Let's hope the Orioles make it to lucky number seven. That's good company. May I request to be the official water treatment plant operator of the show? Absolutely. I don't think you have to wait online on that one. I don't (laughs) think think we have another one. Come straight in. Um, From Mike Baranek in Akron, Ohio, with Kevin McCarthy removed as Speaker of the House, I'd like to nominate Reginald. (laughs) To be his replacement. I'll run it. it We're not doing politics that much anymore. When the campaign really revs up, maybe we will. But that's a stunner. That is a stunner. He said he was going to do it. What are you? Yeah, Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Really? From Rich Monica. I just said really. Yeah. (laughs) Durham, North Carolina. Wasn't sure if you've seen the news on Cigna. They've agreed to pay $172 million dollars to settle claims that it submitted false health data to Medicare in order to increase payment received for patients enrolled in Medicare Advantage plans. Settlement comes as Cigna faces a class action lawsuit that accuses the company of using an algorithm called PXDX to save the insurer money by denying certain medical claims. So maybe there's still hope for you. They're in hot water. They are. They're in the soup. Yes. And deservedly so. Cheaper than approving that MRI for you. Deservedly so. From Steve the Sycophant. Thanks to the federal government shutdown being avoided, I am ecstatically happy to report that Fat Bear Week at Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska will continue. What is Fat Bear Week, you ask? Yes, I do. Well, it's a yearly contest to pick the fattest bear in the park. From among the photos of 12 brown bears posted online at explore.org. These photos, I hasten to add, are posted by the park staff, not the bears. 
The bears are preparing for their winter hibernation by hitting the local sockeye salmon run, eating as many as 42 salmon daily, Oof. plus gorging on berries, clams, and clay. And clay? Clay? To sometimes achieve 100,000 calories a day. The clay, by the way, is eaten to ward off parasites, not add calories. Among the contestants, four-time winner Otis, bear number 480, is in the running despite at 27 years of age being one of the oldest bears in the park. He's pretty much toothless and appeared emaciated in July, but has gotten fatter and fatter <laughs> during September. All little should log on to explore.org and vote for their favorite bear during the October 4th to 10th election period. I think I'll vote for Colbert, Bear 747, who is, as a man says, well, a 747. <laughs> but no matter who wins, this is an election with no losers, just a lot of very, very fat brown bears. That's the best email we've had in months. <laughs> really? 747 took the 2022 title. Is that oh, right? Really? Wow. Wow. From Stephen mm. Good in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It brings me joy every single time I hear Bruce Griffin's rendition of the Mailbag song. I cannot hear that song without thinking that Leon Russell has risen from the dead to make a jingle for this stinking podcast. I got to see Leon Russell three times, twice with my dad. The first time, he opened for Bob Dylan at Merriweather Post Pavilion. The second and third times were at a 700-person venue in Fayetteville, Arkansas, called George's Majestic Lounge. He was an older gentleman all three times I saw him. He struggled to walk on and off the stage, but once he sat down and started playing the piano, the resulting music was incredible. I believe the Rita Coolidge song is about Leon Russell. I think, I believe it I think you are correct. Those yes. are cherished memories for me, especially the two shows with my father. My mother hates, and I quote, old greasy rockers, and she would tell me not to insult anyone by comparing them to Leon Russell. But I'm sure Bruce Griffin knows, as well as I do, that Leon Russell was an exceptional talent. So thank you to Bruce Griffin for bringing those memories back to me every so often. From Ashton Wingate in Brooklyn, Chuck and Roxy, episode 209, as they close in on a thousand. <laughs> Mr. Tony, Wilbon, aren't you stunned? Wilbon, stunned? No, Tony, I'm not stunned. Love this show. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's just lovely. And one more. From Paulie Coconuts. Oh, we love Paulie. I'm in town for the St. Augustine Songwriter Festival this weekend. Traffic is blocked at the east end of the town square due to road work, <laughs> drainage pipe installation, where King Street intersects with A1A at the Bridge Alliance. A1A north traffic is rooted around to the west side of the historic district. A1A south traffic can either turn left on the Bridge of Lions to head east or turn right to head west past Cathedral Square and Flagler College. Tides have been extra high due to the supermoon. It's been raining all week. Please tell Michael. Consider yourself told. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Where did you go? You left me too soon. I wake up alone every night, missing you. I don't know where you went off to. Far out of this world or deep into the blue. Wish you 